What's up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama's Day with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the Mommy Collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Mamas, and welcome to this week's episode of Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. I'm super excited. I really don't need to have a long introduction on who this next mommy is. Her name is Lisa Ray, and she is a Hollywood actress who has been in this game for over 20 years, and she's been killing it. She's got a daughter that she came to Hollywood with, and she's got a mother that lives with her now, and all the issues that come up with that. This is Mommy Issues, Joy and Pain. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I know you are booked and blessed. Hey, you said it right. Not booked and busy, but booked and blessed. Booked and And blessed. (laughs) Yes, that's a very important detail because I have to say, I'm really excited to talk to you because of your tenure in Hollywood. It has been. How long would you say you have been killing it in Hollywood? Since I came, um, which was <laughs> 1999. Dang, girl. And you were, were you one of those young ladies who just manifested? You're like, I'm, I'm supposed to be there. I see these movies and I'm going to be there and I'm going to do exactly it. exactly how it was. I didn't see it in myself at first. I had did an independent film out of Chicago for Spike Lee's executive producer. And he saw something in me and said, you need to go to L.A. for pilot season. And I was like, what is that? that? (laughs) And I went because at the time in my life, I I think that I was looking for something and didn't know what exactly that was. But when he gave me the out and and convinced me that there was talent there, it was like, "Um, okay, you know, I was very green, you know, and I just walked out on faith. And I had this young child and I was a single parent. And I said that, hey, I have nothing to lose and everything to gain for changing our lives, you know, having a better life. And and not that my life was bad because it was great in Chicago, but just growing into something else. You know what I mean? And came out here. It felt right. It felt good. Started doing videos, meeting directors, because I knew that the videographers were one day wanting to be directors. And so I met the who's who and met different celebrities, Tupac and, and, and a whole bunch of, you know, other folks. And you made it happen. I made it happen. And then after Players Club, the rest was history because that movie put me on the map. I want to say you made it happen pretty quickly, too, because that's what it seems like from the outside. I'm sure that's not the way it felt to you, but it felt oh, like it, you arrived. You arrived on a plane. Yeah. And the next thing we knew you were in a movie, because I remember you have to understand my last name is Ray. So when somebody's in town whose name is Ray, you pay attention. I'm like, oh, somebody's new. And I remember you at Billy Blanks. Yep. 
Like you were a Billy Blanks girl. We were all up in there like, come on. Yes, we were. Get this we the girl. That was the spot, right? Yeah. But you were hard. You seemed very focused. You seemed yeah. very intentional. And it seemed like almost like J-Lo. I don't know what that means to you, but I remember yeah. watching J-Lo in the industry. She's like, she was like that. And I'm going to take that. And I'm going to take that. And you were very similar in your intentions. Yes, that's true. And it did not take me long because I had set a goal of a year to see what I can accomplish out here in Hollywood. But no was not an answer that I was going to accept or take because I was not going back to Chicago. I felt that in my spirit. And I said going back means that I failed and I'm not a failure. And so um, my intentions were clear. You're absolutely right. I was focused. Um, a lot of people say, you know, you're a Chi-Town girl. You're not from here. I'm glad you can see it. You know what <laughs> I mean? And I knew that I had this year under my belt to be able to to produce. And I wasn't the, you know, the average actress that comes to Hollywood and have to wait tables or have a, a secondary job. I didn't do that. I had planned for it. You know, I had sent for my daughter and I put her in school because this was a place that I was going to call home. And I knew it. I felt it. And I did videos. And then that one video that I did, which was Tupac's very last video, Toss It Up with Aaron Hall and Danny Boy. I did that for the second, third video for Tupac and Suge. And they were my friends at the time. Met the director, which was Lionel Martin, and he was directing How to Be a Player. Come and on, I, he was he was the director of all directors in the nineties, right? And I wanted to get an audition for that that uh, movie, and I did. You know, I walked away out of that video and had an audition. He didn't like it, but it helped me get in the room and know what to expect and what to, to what was you know what I, I saw what it was to be at an audition to have the nervous energy and have them say and you're on. And it's like, oh, you know, I knew what that felt like. So by the time Players Club audition came about, I was ready. Boom. I went in there and I saw all kind of people that I was actually fans of. And I was just like, whoa, they're not going to get this to me. I'm too new. But little did I know, and you never know what they are looking for on the other end, on the other side. And so I did my best. And I walked out of there thinking I nailed that. And I did because they called me back for a second call back. And I was so green. I was like, well, I didn't do what I was supposed to do the first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you just hired me for the Again, that I did in the first time. Right. And um, did that audition. And Ice Cube was the best co-pilot that I could have because he was really into making me a star. He said, I'm going to have you on every man's wall. And I was like, okay. And he You're did. Like to 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 in the library to in locker rooms to athletes to college boys to men to magazines to everything every time you interview ice cube you had to interview me about players club and so my hat is off to him i always say to him thank you so much because you made me he's like no because if you didn't have the talent i wouldn't have chose you this was your role and it was like well, you still made me, but okay, I know what you mean, you know, but I, I mean, I say this to this day, if Ice Cube wanted me to play a mechanic under a car with you no lines, I am absolutely there. Absolutely. absolutely. It's amazing because I do think that being a newcomer was perfect for that role. It would have been weird to see an actress act that role. It felt like you became that woman, right? Yeah. And, and what you don't know is that I was up for the lesbian role. 
Were you? Ronnie. I was. And they had me go to that second. They wanted me to come to that second callback. And I had to look at my career. And I'm like, I don't even know if I really like acting. So oh. I, mm-hmm. I canceled. Wow. It, okay. Yeah, I know. It's just, that was like one of my first no's. Like, I don't know if that's me. I don't know. So I'm that chick. I, I kind of operate very instinctually. And that's why I know watching you that you were like, I want it. I'm going to take it. This is exactly, you, you were very clear about your path. Yes. And I just knew for me, it wasn't for me, but I admire that so much. Now explain to me in where was your sister? Because obviously if people don't know, you have a very famous sister. Where was Debrat? Where was she on the course of fame while you were coming out to L.A.? She was famous first. It was all about her. Actually, we knew she had a talent from a little girl. You know, she was write poems and write me letters and all this, you know, do these little talent shows. She had a little group in this uh, basement of her friend's house that she would always kind of ditch school. And I would always find her down there, you know, uh, <laughs> You know, but we always knew that she wanted to. So remember Jack the Rapper that used yes. to in Atlanta? Yeah. But we went down there one year to get her a deal. And by this time, you know, we were still who's who in Chicago. So I knew I knew Belle Biv DeVoe. I knew New Edition. I knew Mike Bivens from that. I knew Teddy Riley. You know, so when we were down, there, I was like, listen, you got to hear my sister. You know what I mean? She raps and da 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 da. While I'm upstairs talking to Teddy, she downstairs getting it, meeting Jermaine Dupree. She come up like, oh, I got this deal and I met Jermaine and I did And it was like, well, I was talking to Teddy and he wasn't listening, you know. And she was like, no, I got it. And it was like, and it was solidified. And next thing I know, we sent her down to Atlanta. She come back home with her clothes on backwards and and hair and twigs. And it was like, oh, 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 okay. (laughs) And then the first CD came and it was like cursing. And I was like, oh. Oh, okay. You know, but it was all about her. And so my first little Hollywood hoopla and red carpets was with her. You know what I mean? And so I was learning and living vicariously through her. And I remember her having this big poster of herself and her signing it to me saying, I can't wait until we pop a bottle of champagne for your first premiere. And it was like, oh, and when we did, I bought that poster out and I was like, this is it. This is it. And that's when we did Players Club. That's a goosebump moment right there. And what I love is because you saw your sister do it or you were a part of it, it made it even more real, didn't it? You're like, this ain't nothing but a thing. It's it's going down. Did you ever have doubt? No, not at all. When I tell you not at all. Matter of fact, I wish I can adapt some of that now (laughs) because I was like fearless. It was like, look, I don't have time to play. I'm not out here to be a part of no casting couch. I need to take some courses. I need to meet some people. I need to be in the know. I need to be where I need to be, where people can see me, see me. I did. And I had a great publicist that she saw stardom in me. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she said, you're going to be a star. Because I was just like, "I, I think I need a publicist because I'm in this new movie and nobody knows me, but it's with all these other stars. It was Jamie Foxx. It was Bernie Mac. It was Michael Clark Duncan. The cast was insane. Right. It was like, you know what I mean? And I was like, um, I need people to know who I am. And she said, you're right. And she had worked with me from then into years. She actually became like my my godmother. Do you want to give her a shout out? Who is it? Lynn Jeter. I knew you were going to say Lynn Jeter. Of course. 
Lynn She's a legend in the business. She gets it. Yeah, she gets it. And she was spunky. She was quick. She was fast. She didn't take no stuff. She was like, now there's Denzel Washington. He needs to know who you are. Go walk up to him and introduce yourself. And it was like, what do you mean? What am I going to say? She was like, I don't know, but you'll figure it out by the time you walk over there. Go. And it was like, hi, you know, I'm new here. And, you know, and then she just took me out of my shell. She said, you have an it factor. And it was like, what does that mean? She says, you have a presence about you. It's good. Yourself. Whatever it is, it's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was just like, okay. So I actually rode the, the roller coaster of coming off of Players Club. And I've done an incredible job as, as keeping myself relevant with the small body of work that I have. I absolutely have, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a gift in itself. So your sister, you watched her take off. You came here unapologetically like, I'm about to get mine. But all the while you were a mom. So how sway? Because I have a child and I, they are all consuming. Children need you at all times. Yeah. So what age was your daughter when you came out to Hollywood? She was seven. Who, that's how old my daughter is now. Yeah. How, how, how Lisa Ray, how? I realized that I have been a mother for a very long time, even before I had my daughter. I took on the role of that with my younger cousins and with my friends that were maybe a little less mature than I was. And I've always been that person. It's like, what, what happened? Well, let me take charge. And this is what you say. And this is what you do. And don't you let them treat you like this. And don't you let them, you treat, you tell them how to respect you. You know, I've always had that kind of authoritism over a lot of my crew and clique and family. And so, you know, my you're the boss. Right. My daughter actually saved my life because my father was murdered a year before I had her. Mm. So my, my world had collapsed and I had no purpose at all until I got pregnant. So when I say she saved my life, just seeing this baby come out of me that was mine and I knew she was all mine. It was like, oh, I got to rise to the occasion. I have to be everything she needs me to be and everything my mom taught me, everything I saw that she taught me, everything I know from people that's been good. I need to sow this into this baby because she needs me and I needed something to need me. Your sister didn't need you like that? Debrat didn't need you like that? Well, see, once she made it, she went to Atlanta and Jermaine took up where I took off. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, be having this star and now she's on tour she's doing this and she's doing it and I'm watching but remember I'm still in Chicago watching you know what I mean so it wasn't until when I get ready to come to LA that I got consumed with hey you got to make yourself something in somebody you know so having my daughter made me really a more of a no-nonsense person because I knew that I had six hours in the day to do what I had to do because I had to drop her off at eight and I had to pick her up by 2.30. It's no so, joke. That window, you got to get it in. Got to get it in. Because afterwards, it was homework. I cooked dinner. We washed. We did projects. We bathed. We went Girl. to bed. It was Who are you telling? Who are yeah. you telling? After, after 2.30, we are now on their clock. Like, yep. we check in to mommyhood. And there's no distractions that are allowed. Our kids are like, mommy, do you hear me? They want and I, all and of I'm us. I'm say this. It's been a couple of times where... We didn't get homework done on time and she'd have to be a little late for school or I helped trace the homework while she telling me or it'd be times when she'd be falling asleep and it's like, no, 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 here, here, put this, put this down here. Okay. Okay. And 
I mean, times when I would get lost in auditions and she's like, mommy, where are we? And it was like, remember we had the map quest. Then yes, back. girl. How about, uh, how about the Thomas guide? Thomas guide. You know what I mean? And that was like, I used to be like, excuse me, can you tell me how to get to Santa Monica? Um, excuse me, is Santa Monica this way? Excuse me, how many blocks more is Santa Monica? You know what yeah. I mean? Because I knew certain streets and I needed to know if it was in between these two streets, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times she'd be waiting in the lobby and it's like, okay, you wait right here. I'll be right back and I'll go in for the audition. And that's how I began to learn and have friends because Kim Whitley was one of my friends, you know? And she go, go ahead, girl, go to the audition. I'll keep her. You know what I mean? And it's so when I say it took a village, it I really started my own support system. And really, they helped me. And I was so embraced by the Wills, the Jadas, the Regina Kings, the Vivica Foxes. I was the, I was the new kid on the block. And I'll never forget how I really felt with feeling like that I, I wasn't their competition. I was more of their friend. They were like, come on. And it was That's like, huge, first of all. Yeah. Yeah, Not because all the is you hear about Hollywood, you like it's a competition. And I never felt that with the girls. Never. MC Light, Tashina, Tisha Campbell, like all the click. They just was like, come on. You know what I mean? And we're still all cool to this day. You know what I mean? So I appreciate that. And I try to do that and reciprocate the same thing. I mean, that's the click. There is no other click outside <laughs> of that click. So you were in very good company. You know, I, I've told you this already in my text to you, how much respect I have for you, that you went global with your mommy issues. And because I so connect with that, have you guys, you were on a couple episodes of Iyanla Fix My Life. I don't think you thought it was going to get as raw as it did. I did not because we actually went for my daughter because for me, I wanted to give my daughter a push to go and it's okay. And even if you're confused right now, you might not allow me to help you, but maybe the world now can reach out to you via social media and encourage you enough to move in a direction with passion and purpose, you know, but it didn't go that way. Not at all. It turned quickly and it made Iyanla say, wait a minute, queen mother. I see some remnants of you here that, I need to address you first. And it was like, oh, so what people don't really realize is that they see 45 minutes of the show, but we spend days with her, you know, and then months before that to even get to her. You have a psychiatric evaluation. You have interviews. You have counseling. You have a test. You have homework. You know, I mean, there's things that you go through so she can break you down and see what type of person you are individually. So when she saw that, she started addressing the issues with my mother. Well, you know, of course, my mom didn't like that because I don't think when you, you, you know, you caught off guard and you feel like you've been right all these years because you're the mother. You feel like who is going to tell me I'm wrong? And then someone from the outside was able to say you're wrong. She wasn't ready for that. It so- <laughs> was so deep for me because I feel like I have the same mother. And I don't know if it's a generation thing. That growing up through civil rights, like they had to stand tall on their opinions of things and they were going to be right no matter what. And if you do it my way, you're going to be fine. If you don't do it my way, you're screwed. And I think it's a generation. It has to be Mm -hmm. because for Iyala to zero in and I was like, that's it. We have to understand we are our mother's 
lineage, like our mother's mother, our mother's mother's mother. We are all just literally living the same life over and over unless we mm-hmm. break the pattern, unless yeah. we break it. Right. Yeah. And I was I was there, you know, because when you're really fed up and when you have really had enough and your back is up against the wall, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I had been saying that for years, but because I didn't live in Chicago, it was like, I see you two or three times a year. I can deal with it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have my own life. I'm successful. Thank you. I'm going back to my house. So when the pandemic happened and she started, you know, she got stuck here with me. It was an everyday thing. And it was like, she got, she was here. That's what happened. By design or, okay. Tell me the, 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 the time frame between Iyanla and the pandemic. Oh, she came here for my granddaughter's birthday. It was right before the pandemic. And she ended up staying for about a good, a good maybe month or so. And then the pandemic happened. So we were in that pandemic for like, what was it, about four or five months? Uh, honey, we're still in the damn pandemic. Know, right? <laughs> and then the Yana thing came up. And for me, it was just a way of release, relief, and relate, mm-hmm. you know? And I needed help. And not so much for anybody else. I wasn't pointing the finger at them. It was like, I need help because I don't know how to deal anymore. Yeah. It's getting to me. It's stressing me out. I feel short patience, short tempered, and I feel like I can pop and I don't need to because I still have all this going on and I still got to pay the bill. So help me, please. Thank you. It was that out of desperation. And so I was so open to saying, what do I need to do? Just here, I was ready to lay it on the line. When you're the only open one and you're the only one willing to do the work, it still doesn't work. Oh, I feel for you. I get it. I get it, Lisa Ray. Where are we now? I take therapy, plenty of it, because I have to have an outlet. And I find that to be quite uh, rewarding for me. Because it is allowing me to learn how to deal with my emotions, how to stand in my truth, how to deliver what needs to be delivered and not in such a punch way. You know, you know how your mom used to always say it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Absolutely. Oh, I have definitely learned that. I have definitely matured and stepped outside of the box. I have to rise to the occasion and do the work for me and them. And it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of turn the other cheek. Don't sweat the small things because my mom is getting older. I doubt if she ever changes. So therefore, I have to change. My perception has to change. The way that I deal with everything has to change. I've made a decision that it cannot break me because I am the monarch of my family, the matriarch. I have to take care of everybody. And so you don't get to break me. I like who I am. I like who I've come. I like the way that I pray and towards the things that I'm manifesting in my life. I have good people in my life. I'm healthy. I have some choices to make. Maybe I might take your advice. Maybe I'm not, but I'm successful and I am thankful and I am blessed. And because I stand in my truth, it's okay for us to disagree. But what's not going to happen is disrespect. Not here because there's only one queen of a house and this is mine and I pay the bills here and I've worked hard 
and I want to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Thank you. Ooh, that's a that's a tough thing for your mom to receive probably when she was there. She probably ran back to Chicago fast. She's still here. Lisa Ray. Ooh. Yeah. She's still there by choice, right? Because I can't think of no other reason because, you know, y'all heard, you know, I'm getting home, I'm packing my stuff and I'm going home. Okay. But I've heard that several times. And, you know, to her credit, she is sick. You know, she's been sick for a very long time. I, I can almost say all, all my life. But um, she has some things that she had got pneumonia. And so she ended up staying. And then she had this heart murmur. And then she ended up staying. And then her legs swole for no reason. We don't know why that is. And then she ended up staying. And then she started having this mouth issue. And then she ended up staying. And so I, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, but I will say this. For the last couple months, it's been much, much better. I've been praying awfully hard and my life is changing because of where I'm manifesting and where I'm going in my life. You know what I mean? I am in the prime of my life. I got some great things going on. Like we started this interview by saying I'm booked and blessed. And yes. so I cannot keep going through the rigmarole and the roller coaster. I want off this ride. Here's the ticket back. I don't even need a refund. But what I won't allow is for it to still continue. And so for that, my life is changing. I want to feel lighter. And so I have been, and because I deal with things differently now, and it's like, what you say, not a problem. It's not going to happen. Sorry. Or whatever that is. You know what I mean? And so I have been changing by way. Everything around you has to change when you change. It's the only way to make everything around you change is by you changing. I, you know, Yana wrote a book called forgiveness. And that is like the hardest thing for me because I do butt heads with my mom. If, if I say the sky's blue, she's going to say, no, it's not. She gets a light purple. Like we just do not see like literally anything. Yeah. <laughs> like we just don't see the world through the same point of view. It's like they don't respect that we're grown. They don't. And, and my he- mom is she's stubborn. And, you know, whatever the things that she is, I know because my parents are still married. And that's the hardest thing is that. Because I purge people out of my life if they bring my vibrations down. I don't keep people in my life if I don't feel good around them. And my mother's the solo person in the world who's in my life that's there. And I I have to circumvent those feelings. And so I so understand what you mean when you said, my mom is 75. She's not going to change. It literally requires me to have a different filter receive what she's saying, even though it sets me off and it triggers me, receive it differently. And also more importantly, because Viola Davis put something up recently about the holidays. We don't have to spend family time together if you don't want to. Have boundaries that work for you and you alone. And you don't have to make excuses for that to anybody. Yeah, yeah. So I get that. Let me tell you what I deal with now. Now what I deal with is the fact that she is here and that she is sick, she is older, she's not going to change. But I feel like for me, she shared this with me. She said, I don't feel the love from you. She says, I don't feel anything because you're so cold. You're so shh. And I had to 
search for that. And I explained to her, I said, you know what? I understand what you're saying. Because what you feel is my defense mechanism and my wall kicks up because whatever you say, I can't let it penetrate because it's also hurtful to me. Mm -hmm. And so if I let you hurt me 20 minutes later, after we have this exchange, I have to go work and film or I have to go deal with some people. And so I can't take in that. It's me going. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. And so I get it, but I haven't learned how to master the balance of that then because I'm afraid what you can say that will trigger me or will send me off. And I can't afford that. And because I'm used to living without you. I've been successful for, I've been in LA for 20 years without you. So I'm not used to somebody saying, well, what's this here? Why you got this here? I got that there because I want that there. Simple as that. Remember how you used to tell me that because I'm the mama, I got that there because I want that there. You know, <laughs> you know but whoo. That's that's taught me a really big lesson about my daughter, because, you know, sometimes we parent from what how we were parented unconsciously. And so I realized that I'm trying to build up my daughter, like be self-sufficient. You don't need me for that. You're seven. Why am I still putting lotion on your whole body? Like, but then I had to realize my mom did that to me. And then I got to an age where I didn't need her for anything. And so I don't need you for anything. So I don't rely on you for anything. So there's no connection there. So it's a tricky thing. I don't want to parent the way I was parented. Mm -hmm. I want my daughter to need me, but I want her to also be independent. Mm -hmm. My daughter said something to me, which broke my soul on the same lines that you were just talking. She goes, mommy, how come you and Grammy never hug? She noticed that. Oh my God. Because my daughter is the beacon of light in my family. My family were not huggers. We're not intimate. There was no I love you's growing up. My daughter came out of me. I love you like a love bomb. Yes. Love bomb. So in a family where there was no I love you's, there was no hugs. It was like, oh, per my last email, that's how we communicated. My daughter now is cuddling with my dad and cuddling with my mom. My daughter FaceTimes my mom every night to tell her how much she loves her and to read a book. They have a relationship I never had. And so she sees it all. She's like, why don't you guys do that? And so I've been honest with her Mm -hmm. because we never had that relationship. And so when we fight because moms and daughters fight, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, It's her, the little attitude. It's like Mm -hmm. little black girls are powerful. Mm -hmm. And I have to say to her, look, I, we've got to, I apologize to her. We've got to get to a place so that we don't end up like me and mom and Grammy. I'm going to be on, I know that might be a lot for a seven-year-old, but I think that honesty is real. And it's something she can wrap her brain around. Yeah. And she can learn to wrap her brain around. Yeah. She's already uh, advanced because she's already noticed something. She already knows. She's in the know. She knows. Kids, people kill me when they stay married for the kids, as if though the kids is not going to notice and feel that energy. Oh, they see everything. They know. They know. My my grandbaby is that. She's the glue. She is the. She is the the next thing that I needed after I had my daughter. Like after my daughter and I just disconnected, this baby come and she put us all back together. And this is like, oh my god, another little me. <laughs> Well, I remember, I don't even remember how I saw this. I don't know what show it was on, but I remember when your daughter was younger, you would like kiss her all over her face. And what was that from? Was that what you were getting from your dad 
Where did that come from? Or was that sort of what you never had from your parents? No, no, well, not to that extent, but my father loved me. I was a daddy's girl and I felt every bit of it because I felt and learned how to manipulate. You know what I mean? <laughs> I go to the party because mommy won't let me. I can't. OK, well, you go tell her that I could go and I'll be at the party. You know what I mean? I learned that. I learned how much he loved me for how he looked at me and how he gave me and how he allowed me to get away with stuff. And, you know, every kid is going to go to where they're spoiled. So that's why I ran to him. You know what I mean? I didn't know if that was the favorite parent or not. I wasn't really thinking that. It was just, this is where I get away with most of the stuff and this is where I get what I want. You know what I mean? So I'm going here. You know what I mean? And I think that was the beginning of me and my mom's demise because it was like, hmm, I'm the one to do this for you. I cook. I'll get you dressed. I pick you up from school. I da 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 And I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just part of being a mom. But daddy, you know, it was that. So therefore that formed that, that division between us. And I didn't even know. You know what I mean? And I didn't know really until I got much older and I felt this guilt. And then as you saw on Iyala, she said something to me that I had never heard before, which was when you came out of college, you went to go stay with your father and his bitch. And it was like, ooh. And I never heard that like that before. And it made everything clear. It was like, wow. That was her truth. Because I'm a girl. And I'm a woman. And one day you're going to realize what I have had sacrificed and gone through for you and our family. And for you to do what you did as even a young girl, I resent you for that. That's what that was. And it was like, I get it. So I didn't get angry. It hurt me. But I had to find the message and the lesson out of it. And it was like, it clicked. The clarity. Sometimes that's all we need is clarity. And then we're like, no matter how painful, as long as we understand the morsels along the way, it's like, oh, then you know how to move and shake. Iyanla said to her, well, you guys were loving the same person, but not the same man. She, he was your husband. He was her father. And it was like, we, our love was different. You know what I mean? You wanted me to hold me accountable for what you all went through and your choices. But I didn't see that because I'm in my own relationship with him. And then my question then after that was, how long you going to make me pay for it? How long? How many times am I going to have to say, I'm sorry? What can I do? Do I have to pay you? Do I have to write a letter? Do I have to scream it? Do I have to put it, publish it in a magazine? What do I have to do? Because clearly we got to move forward from I this. don't know if it's ever going to work because you're not the one responsible for those feelings. He's gone. He's gone. He's and been there's gone. nothing he could do either. What I've noticed, because I co-parent with my child's father and all the work that mamas do, he comes, gives her a doll and he's the best thing on the planet, right? I mean, it's just insane how little girls and their daddies, the connection is powerful. I was the same way with my dad and my mom. I could feel she didn't like it so much, but that is the tension that happens in a home, especially when the When a married couple, the home is the woman's domain, right? But if I'm circumventing the the queen of the house and getting whatever I want, she's going to have some feelings about that. Yeah. Right. And so I used to say my mother, and this is going to be controversial, but I used to say my mother was jealous. Did you ever think of that word? 
Yeah. But you know, when you say that word, that's like the competition. What you mean? I'm just everything you got and what you are, I made you it after. And it was like, okay, there's so much for that. And then you <laughs> shut down because you you close that door for me. I shut down because you are the kid still and you don't want to be disrespectful, but you yet you know what you're feeling. And it's almost like, but this is the truth, but I can't express it and I can't allow you to understand. You, you, you're not understanding where I'm coming from because you just hear the disrespect in it. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we're not working through it because you're, 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 you're in your mother mode, which for me made me parent differently too. Because I said to my daughter, I'm going to allow you passes to express yourself however way you need to. And I'll help you put it in perspective after that. But I need you to get it out at least. So then we can chop away at it. You know what I mean? Because the shutdown thing hurt me. The shutdown thing made me go through this, what I'm going through longer than what perhaps I should have or or, or that I I didn't have to. So it shifted, it changed you, that situation with the Yama. It changed how you approached. It changed how you set up boundaries. It changed how you received with your mother. What about with your daughter? It helped me with that as well, because it made me understand that I had cut off the communication and therefore the relationship with my daughter because I was miffed. I was embarrassed that she wasn't amounting to what I want to amount to you should be and you should be here and you're not there and you're not doing this. And it was daggers, daggers, daggers. Whereas she had shut down the relationship with me. So therefore we didn't have that. I know that broke your heart. Like there are babies and that's my greatest fear is that we're going to go through this tension and we're not going to speak. And I don't want that for us the way that I can shut my mom out for a year and not have any problem with it. And it came also from my career of trying to make it work for us. You know what I mean? I was hurrying up and doing what I had to do with her and then hurrying up to the set and then hurrying up and making sure and overcompensating going, oh, I can't take you, but I'm going to make sure you get there. So I'm going to send A, B, C in with, with you and poof, here you go. You still have a good time? Great. Just overcompensating, you know, for feeling bad that I wasn't there. And maybe perhaps that wasn't even her thought at all. You know, she's like... I I didn't mind not going because you couldn't go. You know, I know it would be fun with you, but we could have won another time. But I'm thinking, nope, don't miss the opportunity. You know what I mean? And just trying to just do and do all you can do because you don't know how long you can do it. And so when I was hot and I had the sitcom, all of us, you know, I made sure that my places were just right around the studio so I can run and pick her up at school and then drop her off at home and then have my my nanny bring her to the set so she can be involved because I don't want to be the kind of parent that I'm not there. And, you know, all the things that go on in your head that you don't want to do, but then you end up spoiling to death. And then you get this kid that has, that's a lack of push and drive and don't know what they want to do because you have given them everything. And they're like, well, what I got to do? And it's like, oh, what do you mean? You know what I mean? You see how hard I'm working? The example that I am, you got to do something. But she didn't know what she wants to do. and so. Trying to find that for her and not because I can't I can't really find it for her. I got to kind of just put things in front of you and say, what about this? What about this? But you you got to rise to the occasion, too. You got to be a young woman now and you have to say, "Okay, I have to find something because maybe you might not find it in what you're doing right now. But maybe that's what's going to catapult you from one thing to the next. And then you'll find it within your journey. Because I have a question. I have a question. 
what's coming up for me energetically. And, and Yala may have discussed this with you guys, but your daughter's entire life was wrapped around your career, right? Your career was in the lead. And then we have to get a house around that. We have to go to schools around that. We're going to get your activities around that. Any conversation with the Yanla about the fact that she doesn't have her own definition of self because her definition of self is so wrapped to you. Yeah, we would have gotten to that if my mom wouldn't act such a damn fool. <laughs> like I part said, three, <laughs> part four. <laughs> it was like it wasn't left. It was like, who are you taking up all the time from Kai? You know? Yeah. But we did realize some of those things that uh Kai is um entitled that she has to move out of my domain in my house and she has to get it for herself, especially now that she has a child. She came back home plus one. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't owe you anything anymore. You're 31 years old. I think she just went 32 the other day. But and Ooh, it's, so she's you, a full grown woman. Yeah. So whatever that I have given you and that you've seen out of me, you got to wrap all that up and go. And Ooh, do that so hard. Yeah, it's it's a, uh, it's it's hard on both sides. It's hard for me to totally let go, especially that she got the baby. That's what got me. And it's hard for her because she's used to living my lifestyle. So now you're about to leave to go pay rent, to be able to do your own struggles and to be able to figure it out. I'm not really there. But what you need to realize is that I'm going to always be there, but not just right there. It's, it's so, it's a whole movie, Lisa Ray. <laughs> Within itself. Yes, it is. I mean, it re- it's like not women of Brewster's place, but like it's the lineage of the, like the, the matriarch and the, and the daughter of the daughters of the daughters. There's some deep shit there. And I know the fact that you have done this work is so admirable because you're right. You, you started to tear up earlier because you were saying only one of you can't just do the work. Like it, it does require everybody to move forward in expanding their mindset, learning some new things about their own flaws and traumas in order for you guys to move together forward. What my mom has done for me by being here, I see my age and I see where age is going to take me. And it's like, oh, so it has made me say, you got to get some things in order. You got to make sure that your life insurance policy is correct. And you got to make sure that your trust is okay. And you got to make sure that you have certain things in order. And it's made me get it together. I wasn't thinking about those things at first, you know? And so I say, right, what's going to happen when I get 70, 80 years old? I don't want to stop my daughter's life because she has her own kid. And hopefully she have her own life with some man that she can live ha- happily ever after with. I don't want to come in between that. So I want to find a place where I can be, where I'm comfortable and you don't have to take care of me because you're not a nurse. I don't know what kind of uh, what I'm going to have. You know what I mean? But I don't want to stop you. You got a kid already. The expansiveness of your thinking is is what people are going to glean from. They're going to be like, oh, if she can do it, if she can open, because we're always works in progress, aren't we? People who are like, but I know what I'm doing. That's something that I I had to remove myself from my mom's narrative. Because she thinks she does everything right. You can't ever think. You can't ever think you're the best actress. You don't need anything else to learn. You can't ever think you've done all your work on your trauma and you have nothing else to learn. We are constantly students of life. And and it's hard to deal with people who are stuck because then there's no place to go. So moving forward, you you have your mom with you, which is a beautiful thing. It's I know it's stressful, but it's 
beautiful because in those small moments, you can see progress, right? Versus if she was in Chicago, it would take a big moment for you to feel like you're moving forward. So there's that. Then your daughter, I know you're such a mama bear. You feel responsible. And so that's weighing on your shoulders as well. How do you, Wusa, how do you relax and not have the weight of your mom, your daughter, and now your grandbaby on your shoulders? My granddaughter is the life and light of the house. She has given me yet another chance to get it right. I marvel in that. And she's just a love bug. And the love that she gives is just like, oh, my God, I can't imagine not having this. But it has made me carve out time for myself. Like I said, I do take therapy, and that's an hour that I take. I go back into my closet, which is my prayer room. And I sit there and I spend time with myself and with him and my thoughts. You know, I do vision board workshops. So I I teach them. And so I have to be the example of that. So I have to make sure that I'm manifesting. I have to make sure that I believe in the power of my words and that I am that example. So I stand firm on that. And I'm a retreat girl. I'll go away for a weekend or a week somewhere by myself. So I can entertain myself, not someone guiding me or leading me to the radio station or to the venue or to the concert or to the whatever as Lisa Ray, the celebrity. I'm talking about I have to be there by myself. And if I want something to eat, I got to order it myself. If I want to go down to the restaurant, I'm sitting at that table by myself. There is no, oh, it's Lisa Ray plus five and mm -mm, none of that. It is just And it is. And when I come back, I feel rejuvenated. I make sure that I go away and do something for me. You know what I mean? I love cooking and I love cooking for loved ones because I cook very well. Mm -hmm. So for me to cook and lay that plate down and you go, oh, my God, it's so good. It's like I know I'm in heaven and I can lose weight that way because when I cook, I don't really eat. And so I can serve like during the pandemic. My mom said to me, she said that was the ultimate compliment. She said. I didn't know you cook like this. She said, I think you missed your calling. You could have a cookbook. And coming from your mom, and my mom is a Mississippi woman, and she cook cooks. I was like, really? But we cook differently. Mine is kind of L.A. She may cook with butter. I'm cooking with olive oil. You know what I mean? But it's totally different. And she is like, this is absolutely great. And I like to serve it up, and and I'm into presentation and all of that. So they got fat during the pandemic. Not me. (laughs) You like you like the, for you the satisfaction was just in making it. You didn't even need to eat it. I kind of do feel like a cooking show with you and your mom being able to come to the kitchen counter and through your cooking can somehow work through your stuff. I don't know, Lisa Ray. Yes. That's been talks of cooking, you know, because people are like, she cooked, and it's like. Yeah, pretty girls know how to cook too. You know what I mean? Especially <laughs> trying to keep get a husband and keep a husband. You know right. what I mean? I don't want to be a microwave baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything in the microwave except microwave, microwave. popcorn. I love microwave popcorn. <laughs> but, I rebuke the microwave. Okay. So there is talks of doing a cooking show. And absolutely, uh, those special traditional recipes that, you know, you just feel like you still don't want to do because your mama do it so well. Like my mom does collard greens. When I tell you, I don't even want to cook collard greens because it's like, can you do it, mom? So, uh, you know, that might be something to think of. I'm telling you, Lisa Ray, what's coming because I, I receive messages from universe all the time. What's coming to me is through cooking, you guys are going to be able to sort stuff out 
from the back door and not even realize it's connected to shit you guys go through every single day. All right. Say it, girl. Put it out there. I believe your work. I like it. I like it. Let's see. Let's see. I'm rooting for you because I know how hard it is. I, I call it mother tissues. Like it does make us cry all the time. My, and I don't have like a full connection with mine, but she makes me cry thinking about the fact that I don't have a full connection with mine. It hurts. It's hurtful. It's and, hurtful. and I don't think that my mom realized that when she's over in her room and she's crying, I'm in my room crying too, because I'm looking at my mother getting older. You know, I'm looking at her sickness. I'm thinking about when is it going to happen? Where am I going to be? How is it going to be? Is it going to be in my house? I'm afraid. And then the 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 lost that I feel, you know what I mean? Both of my parents will no longer be with me. Then am I going to feel alone alone? What is that feeling going to bring to me? I cry, you know what I mean? And I'm sad. And she has no clue that I have those kind of feelings. And I'm like, why? Why did you think that I have those feelings? You're my mother. Well, because she's not getting what she needs from you the way she wants to receive it. I was so, when you said to me, you texted me and you said, bring three things, yes, three things. And I didn't know what that was connected to, but I was just, the three things that just came up in my spirit was obviously the first three things that I chose. And I was just like, I can't wait to see what this is going to be about. (laughs) What are the three things? I bought the three things that make you feel whole, that make you mommy in the best possible way that are non-negotiables. You have them. They're part of your, they're in your purse. They're with you. You access them. They're your superpowers. The first thing is money. (laughs) (laughs) Because um, although money can't bring you happiness and can't pay for love, but you need it in this world. So you have to pick a career that is going to allow you to make it so you can have a lifestyle. Yes. That's one. The other one is a butterfly. Mm. I need you to feel free. I need you to fly the nest so you can go and make your own nest somewhere. Feel free enough that you can leave one environment to create your own Mm -hmm. with your own. Mm -hmm. That's what this butterfly is. Are you a butterfly? I am a butterfly. I know that you keep having these very deep relationships. Like you were the island. I don't even know what you call it. The queen of the island at one point. First lady. (laughs) First lady. Do you think, do you see yourself down the road as a wife? Because that's very counter to me to a life of a butterfly. Yes, I do. Because I believe in companionship. I believe in being evenly yoked with someone. I don't believe that we were here on earth to be by ourselves. There is an Adam and Eve for a reason. There are things that men are supposed to do and there's things that women are supposed to do. And because we're in this new millennial age, you know, women have stepped up and became our, our own bosses and sole survivors of that. And we've had to rise to the occasion because we've had to be single parents and raise our own kids by ourselves. And we've had to do things like that. But there is proper protocol as well, that men are supposed to be the breadwinners of the family. You're supposed to take care of us. But now we have women that bring something to the table. So that's a bonus because that's more than what we initially started with. Lisa Ray, I know, I know. Because if I get it, you get it. You're so intimidating. You're, you're a lot. You're, you, you, you know, men have got to be scared of being equally yoked, being considered equally yoked with you. But that's why I don't date down and I don't date young 
because <laughs> I absolutely need a man. And yes. the only way that you're going to show me you that you're a man is your history has to dictate that because of where you've been. I can go, oh, OK, you've been through this. You've been through that. You have, you're, you're done with this kind of play. You do that. So that way, us moving forward together, you're done with the play play. I don't want to be just some woman on the notch on your belt. I'm too old for that. You know what I mean? I don't want no baby mama drama. I don't want that. I want your kids to be grown. I want you to be successful because you understand what success is and what it takes to be successful because I am that. I need the the hustle to match. I need you to respect me. I need you to want me, to adore me, to need me. I want those things because we can build together. Yes. But if you feel like you just a movement by yourself and then I'm a movement, then what are we doing together? What are we doing? What are we doing? It's not that easy to acquire, but I love that you have a list and you're like, this is, I'm not settling. No, thank you. And because my marriage that I had from my ex, I learned from those mistakes and I want to have an opportunity and a chance to do it right. I want to be loved. I want to love someone. I want to share my life with somebody. And so I feel that that's right around the corner because I don't want to bring excess baggage into a relationship you already do it's inevitable but that's what therapy is good for too yeah. just like all those other right? nonsense and heaviness i don't want to come into a relationship with that and he's like well what is i got to take on this this and that that's too much i don't want that so what this last couple of years has been for me is to work on me get me together so i can bring the best me to you as possible you know what i mean and then we can start from there so i'm building <laughs> i see your smile <laughs> So you're my third well, thing, sis, you're building well. Yes. So my third little thing that I got was yes. the heart. And the heart is the compassion, the love, the encouragement, the motivation, the um, lifeline. This is what connects me as a mom to my daughter and to everyone that's in my life. It's the heart. It's the circulation that keeps flowing through your body of the vibrations and of the energy that makes the being of me and my spirit. So without this heart, without this love, there is nothing. So these three things right here are the three things that I chose. Lisa Ray's bloodline, it's her heart line, it's that money line, it's everything that keeps you the best that you can be at your maximum, right? Yes. I admire that and I respect it. Thank you so much, Lisa Ray. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah and mama stay. Mama stay.